Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You're already playing fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100 at sleeper.com slash SGP. And of course, make sure to download the SGPN app and enter our free $250 US Open contest. Just download the SGPN app in the App Store and hit contests. It is a bittersweet episode here on the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's Justin Mark. I'm Rod Gomez, And Justin, this will be the last week that we try to win, people. USFL Fantasy Football Championships on a, on a scale from one to I'm totally depressed. How uh, depressed are you about that? Pretty Pretty depressed, man. But you know what? We made it 10 weeks. Um, I just read earlier that Larry Fedora confirmed he's been told there will be year two to USFL. Now, whether somebody's just telling them, I don't know. But um, it gives us hope anyways that it will be back. We made it through a full season. And yeah, lots to look forward to. I don't know. I got yelled at the other day by uh, CFL gym, USFL, XFL, all the all the FL gyms uh, to not jinx it this time because we still have one week of, of football left. Barring any sort of craziness, yes, we will finish the regular season of this USFL. And for once, I got to tell you, it's so nice to have a spring league just finish that's i mean if nothing else fantasy wise or anything else wise i'm just happy that a spring league finally finished absolutely and it was good football it was very good football good football down to the last drop to be honest with you like i mean next week should be quite crazy and we'll talk about some of the craziness that will ensue as you know most teams are already well their playoffs are already set so everybody knows exactly where they're going to be in two weeks but so next week this could be an absolute free-for-all i'm telling you right now take all the dogs take all the (laughs) dogs take all the points because i have a feeling that they're just going to let everything air out like defenses what no this is going to be yeah your fantasy championships are going to come down to some crazy crazy scenarios and uh we'll get to those after the break, but first, Justin, as we always do, let's take a look at some of the fantasy performances from Week 9, the second-to-last regular season game for the USFL of its inaugural, re-inaugural? I don't know what you call it when you reboot, but the reboot, <laughs> right? There you go. <clears throat> All right, so it started on Friday night with the New Jersey Generals taking on the Michigan Panthers, and... This one was way closer than I would have liked for it to be. Uh, The Generals trying to win eight in a row. The Panthers just trying to win. 
And in this case, it was New Jersey sneaking away with a two-point win over the Panthers. For the Generals, this two-quarterback system, it slowed down with, with DeAndre Johnson being hurt. But they tossed him back in a couple of times. Uh, but it was Luis Perez again. And like I said last week, Justin, I'm kind of through completely hating Luis Perez. I'll take him for what he is at this point. Um, but I will say that Luis Perez did not lose the game. But he did not win it either. 10 for 16, 92 yards and a touchdown. <sighs> I don't hate him, Justin, but he's just not doing much for me anymore still. Yeah, yeah, not putting any numbers that are jumping off the board by any means um but like like you said he didn't i mean he didn't give the ball away so there's a positive yeah i well that i guess it is a positive him not him not fumbling or him not throwing an interception if that's the benchmark for a quarterback uh, <laughs> i guess uh, i guess we'll just have to deal with it but yeah and then so for, uh deandre johnson like i said came in a little bit Five for eight, 60 yards, almost as many yards as Luis Perez. But DeAndre Johnson actually did throw the interception in this game. So, I mean, as we look to next week, really, with both of these quarterbacks, this is obviously this is the only two quarterbacks. So we're not going to see any crazy quarterback switch. They're probably just going to roll straight through with what they've got. Um, so you can feel pretty confident rolling through with these guys, right? Agreed. Yeah, in the, in the championships, if you've been... I don't know if you've been writing Perez uh, good on you and DeAndre Johnson again I can't you probably don't have him in the championship right now I guarantee that much right now yeah yep and I I feel like they're probably I think they would rather have Johnson be the healthier one so I would see Perez getting more action again this week um, leading up into the playoffs yeah and really to be honest with you again if you've been rolling with Perez there's no no better option out there for you unless somebody has dropped somebody that we're going to talk about later because of not starting and maybe you can pick it up and spot start because you may get a better start out of him altogether uh but we'll, we won't you know we'll get there when we get there all right trey williams carrying the load 11 carries 62 yards for the generals not a bad day for him Eccles looper one carry for 24 yards and a touchdown on that jet sweep type action uh but darius victor the big story of the day seven carries 19 yards. Justin, what happened to Darius Victor? Uh, and this whole weekend, the theme seemed to be the guys that were getting you through the playoffs and to the playoffs really let you down. And that's that happened here with Victor, it seemed like. Uh, Victor, seven carries. It just He did not look comfortable at all. We, we talked about how big of a bowling ball kind of guy he is. Thick thighs save lives, but he only had 2.7 yards per carry so those thick thighs did not certainly save any lives seemed like the panthers were ready for him at every step of the turn so unfortunately for darius victor if you had him and you lost my apologies uh but if you have him and you're going into the fantasy championship in spite of his efforts uh i'm not scared load him up again this week agreed yeah he's gonna be the guy i know trey williams showed flash but uh give me darius victor uh, all right, and then out of nowhere, <laughs> our man Shepard had a gigantic day. Uh, Darius Shepard catching eight catches for 99 yards and a touchdown. Where was this Darius Shepard all season? Yeah, no kidding. Um, obviously, his best game all season, and he almost doubled his highest target. He did get six targets in week two, but um, besides that, he was five and under, and now he had 11 targets. So, 
yeah, it was interesting to just see him come out of nowhere. Yeah, and and this is a guy that I think we're going to talk about later, are we? No, we're not. Well, if he's on the waiver wire, I think it's worth a little speculation. I don't think he's going to have as big a day as he had last week, but hell, if he even has half of that day, it's better than a flex position you probably had rolling into the championships. Agreed, and I think you'll see that people are focused or defenses are focused on Turpin because he's one of the most dangerous guys on the field. You got to try to shut him down and that's going to open guys like Shepard up. Talk about Turpin one carry negative one yards. Usually, you know, you use them a lot in that jet sweep, but only three catches for 28 yards. So you're right. Defenses have keyed up on him. Uh, Bowman caught one for 15 yards. Victor got in the mix, two catches for five yards. Brandon one catch for five yards. Not a lot when your quarterback is throwing or less than 100 yards. We talk about that quite often, it seems. No uh, kidding. All right, let's move over to the other side of the ball where the Panthers had Josh Love starting. I don't know why. I, I honestly can't <laughs> figure out what the heck these people are doing. I know, like, they're, you're one in eight and you're, or you're one in seven and you just basically are kind of throwing caution to the wind. Guess they wanted to see what they had in Love. They got it. 12 for 21, 168 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He played his ass off, but it just it didn't show in the in the mix. And then they they threw in their backup quarterback, Barrier, 14 of 24, 118 yards, a touchdown and interception. Panthers did well, but didn't come away with a win. Yeah, and super confusing. Three weeks ago, Josh Love starts. Two weeks ago, Paxton Lynch starts. This week, Paxton Lynch inactive. I didn't hear if it was because of an injury. Um, and Love and Barry A both get to play. So I think it's a matter of them just seeing what they have at this point because they're obviously not playing for anything. Eric Barrier out of Eastern Washington throwing down tape. Not bad tape, to be honest with you. He looked pretty good coming in in relief of Josh Love. And, you know, Love... Didn't look like he was all that bad, but it also didn't look like he was all that good. He threw that second interception, and it was just time for Barrier to come in and take over. So, again, I, this this week for the Panthers, who knows? I thought Paxton Lynch would for sure make the start, but obviously uh, Jeff Fisher already has one foot in Montana, and he's uh, he just wants to mix up some quarterback situations over there. So, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, if you're if you're going to the fantasy championship, you're probably not relying on any one of these quarterbacks, so it's probably <laughs> irrelevant at this point. Uh, Stevie Scott, the leading rusher. This is somebody you probably are rolling into the championships with. 13 carries, 36 yards, no touchdowns. Palsy, 2.8-yard performance. Michigan Panthers, identity is run. That identity is, huh? Yeah, it's Stevie Scott's been disappointing. I know Corbin really took over that backfield, but I just expected more of out of him and his average all year has been 2.8. That's all he's been able to put up. That's what he puts up this weekend. So, yeah, just very disappointing season overall for him. Both quarterbacks having a better day than Cameron Scarlett. Cameron Scarlett, one carry, negative one yards. Uh, Barry A, two carries, 13 yards. Even Love outgained him on his one carry for five yards. Just not much there. Uh, but Joe Walker, man of the hour, caught everything and anything. Seven catches, 129 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, just a fantastic performance by him. Yeah, no kidding. And I I needed a play in my flex spot, and I was looking to pick somebody up. And I looked at him, and I went, nah, Isaiah Henney has had more action recently. And then, of course, I was kicking myself this whole game. Yeah, Henney did not show up at all. Hyman, uh, Ishmael Hyman, five catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Lance Lenore, again, crowd favorite, target favorite, 
10 targets, 7 catches, 40 yards. They're just they're on Lenore. I, I guess stop Lenore, stop the Panthers. For sure, yeah. He gets a heck of a lot of targets. Um, it's it's interesting that the yards don't show up with all those targets all the time, but definitely somebody they rely on often. One thing I would have to look up is his average depth of target because it doesn't seem like they go deep to him nearly as much as they used to. He's only averaging 5.7 yards per catch, so it, it tells me that you know he's not catching the deep balls like he was earlier in the season, not like Hyman did at 12.4 per catch. Uh, LaMichael Petway getting in on the action, two catches for 19 yards. Cameron Scarlett, three catches, 12 yards. Stevie Scott with a catch. Rashad Ross with a catch. Baugh with a catch. Just, again, Panthers are a mess and you're probably just going to be, I don't know, they're fantasy goodness in some aspects, but it's just frustrating to try to figure out who it is from week to week, and I'm not sure that I want to figure it out in this last week. Yeah, no kidding. I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be rough, especially knowing that they're going home, so they're either going to go balls out or they're just going to go into the, you know, whatever with a whimper, so. Uh, all right, let us move to the Houston Gamblers and the Birmingham Stallions. Wow, Justin. Wow. We no longer have an undefeated team in the USFL. Yeah, I know. This was a surprise, wasn't it? I could. Well, I don't know. I mean, yes, it was because I picked the Stallions obviously to win. I didn't think anybody was going to touch them all season long. They played in a lot of close games, so it's not like they weren't completely untouchable but i didn't think houston was going to be the team to do it unfortunately for the stallions houston was the team that did it 17 to 15 the final score in that game for the gamblers kenji bahar turns in a 16 of 24 performance for 164 yards and a touchdown nothing stellar nothing book breaking but uh good enough to get the job done yeah, for sure. Um, and he did a very good job escaping pressure. The Stallions put a lot of pressure on him, and he did a good job keeping his cool. So props to him for that. The Stallions threw everything at him all game long. And you talk about escaping pressure. Six carries, 36 yards for Kenji Bahar. So, yes, he escaped pressure all day long and got out of the pocket. Uh, but, you know, here's the thing. This is a case of another quarterback being the leading rusher on the team because uh, Devon Whaley... 11 carries, 15 yards, not a great day on the ground. Mark Thompson, even worse. Mark Thompson, once the leading rusher in the USFL, week nine line, five carries, negative nine yards. What the hell? Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, in the playoffs relying on him to get them to the championship, and he let them down big time. Because you couldn't sit him. Like, it just right. the potential for him to blow up and be spectacular like he was all season long is always there but five carries first of all wasn't enough uh well maybe it was considering he only got negative <laughs> nine yards but you know you, you talk about the stallions defense giving bahar all it could handle it gave that running game all it could handle because you figure uh and lemay what is it the um what was he was the uh, receiver right two carries negative 13 yards dude just ran backwards that's all he did yeah, yep. Everybody, um, pretty much. I know Whaley got a little bit of yards there, but um, pretty much everybody but Bahar not going anywhere. All things considered, 29 yards rushing <laughs> for the entire day for the Houston Gamblers. 
Uh, it will be interesting to see what happens next week. Obviously, you're not playing any of these running backs. Uh, I don't need because at this point, I know we're not talking about Mark Thompson after the break, but uh, at this point, Mark Thompson is just you can't you can't start him. You can't put him in your lineup. Agreed. Yeah, there's just no way I'm trusting Mark Thompson, which sounds stupid if we were talking about the first four or five weeks of the season. But now, you know how quickly things change. Uh, Tyler Palka, the man of the hour, though, six catches, 83 yards for the Gamblers. No touchdowns, but uh, had some fantastic catches. And a guy that uh, we haven't said his name too much this season, uh, but we'll be talking about him after the break. Isaiah Zuber, somebody we have said his name quite a few times over the course of the season. Three catches, 31 yards, and a touchdown. Again, he saved his fantasy day with that touchdown, but Isaiah Zuber, another disappointing week. Yep, yeah, and um, like you said, save the day with the touchdown, but besides from that, the yards just weren't there. And and I don't know, I mean, is this a, a instance where they're doing the same thing, uh, keying in on Zuber and, and sort of making everybody else beat him? I think so. He's, I mean, he's just absorbed so many targets over the first nine weeks, aside from last week when he didn't play, but I mean, he's averaging almost 20% of the target share, so it makes sense to just focus on him. The uh, gamblers getting the tight end sort of involved, <laughs> getting uh, Julian Allen two catches for 21 yards. Anthony Ratliff Williams three catches, 19 yards. Mark Thompson caught a pass for seven yards. Whaley caught one for three. Uh, Tio Redding only one target, no catches on the day. Uh, crickets from the receiving core other than Polka. I'm telling you, the the guys that you can normally rely on, Mark Thompson, Isaiah Zuber, even Tio Redding. Just couldn't do it this week. No, and it was frustrating. So I don't know. Again, I don't think you're counting on any of these guys for fantasy relevance in the championships. But if you are, go with God. I think Polka might be the only one that I trust at this point. Let's move over to the stallion side of the ball where Jamar Smith, 41 pass attempts, but he only completed 28 of them. 260 yards, a touchdown, an interception. He was it from wire to wire, Justin, and I don't know what we see next week because uh, I don't know if we continue to see Smith or if they try to run a, a backup out there, but we've seen Smith every game this season so far. Yeah, and I think the injury to Magoo makes it hard to have a backup ready, though we've seen guys get ready in short turnaround time, but um, it, it's weird to me. I know they want to win the game. They want to stay competitive, but to have your starting quarterback throw 41 times when you already know you're going to the playoffs – um, that's interesting. I mean, I know they were playing for the undefeated season, but now that that's not there anymore, I mean, what does that do for you? Uh, do, do, is Magoo going to be ready for next week? So this is a quarterback that people are probably uh, banking on for their fantasy championship. So this is one that we should be a little bit nervous about. Keep your eyes open on the Twitter feed. Find out anything you can about Magoo's status because if if they report on Magoo's status, chances are he's, you're probably going to see him. Right, because I mean, they wouldn't really otherwise be saying much any other than that, other than maybe not available. But if they're like, "Well, Magoo's available to play," maybe, maybe that means that you're going to see him in Week Ten. Agreed. And if you don't want to check Twitter, make sure you follow the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Inactives Report. Nice plug. Uh, I love it. Uh, all right, Bo Scarborough, eleven carries, thirty-one yards. How the mighty have fallen even cj marable nine carries 26 yards and jmar four carries 21 yards this is not what we're used to seeing out of the stallions running game which is i think a large reason why houston came away with this win 
Yeah, I had Victor and Scarborough as my two running backs <laughs> in the playoffs. So, yeah, I will be playing for third now, not playing in the finals. <laughs> oh, man, that's a rough go of it, too. And those guys carried you to the fantasy uh, playoffs, too. That's the that's the rough part. When the guys get you there and then in the, in the weeks and you really need them, just collapse, that hurts. Yep, it definitely does. Well, but that's that's one of the reasons we love and hate fantasy football. I mean, I yeah, I, I don't know if most of me hates it lately, but I, I <laughs> uh, well, maybe because I overanalyze everything because that's the nature of the job. Uh, but look, if you've been rolling with either one of these guys, you can't get away from it. I mean, this is going to be a game where there nothing's up for grabs at this point, other than putting more stuff on tape and. Uh, they're going to probably cycle through both of them, but you can't get away from them. There's nothing else out there for you to to, to absorb that and, and really try to move forward ahead. So interesting stuff. All right, Victor Bolden Jr., eight catches, 74 yards, uh, and then Williams, seven catches, 65 yards. Hardy, two catches, 39 yards. Sage Surratt, four catches, 31 yards on six targets. That's that's kind of surprising. C.J. Marable, three for 25. Osiris Mitchell, two for 17. It seems like everybody got involved. Uh, Holly, Nate, Holly catch or Nick Holly catch one for seven. Tony Brooks James one for two. Uh, takeaways from this receiving game and receiving efforts, uh, Justin. Seems like the past few weeks, Marlon Williams has really stepped up and become a favorite target for Jamar. So if you have him, you got to start him. Yeah, Marlon Williams, not somebody we were talking about earlier in the season, but it just popped on 12 targets. For Marlon Williams, whereas Victor Bolden Jr., obviously the favorite beforehand, 10 targets, still double-digit targets, but yeah, I mean, it seems like Williams has gotten the bulk of this now, and uh, he's the guy that they trust, so, and we we didn't, I mean, we talk about uh, quarterbacks getting rest and maybe a couple of of, uh, running backs getting rest, but it's hard to rest receivers because this is such a short bench for these teams that they don't have eight, nine receivers that they can go to the well for. So a lot of these receivers are still going to end up playing. So if you've been rolling with any receiver at this point into the championship, um, you almost have to start the ones that you've been rolling with it, up to and including any of these gamblers that you have. Yeah, there's been a lot of speculation on if the starters are going to sit, um, but I don't think they have the roster size necessarily or the depth to sit them. So I think they're going to play. Yeah, see, and I, I've been playing that narrative for a while too, talking about, who knows who's going to sit, but uh, yeah, you just with short benches, we may be overplaying that because we're used to the NFL where you know last week of the season nobody nobody plays, and so you just have no clue what anything's going to happen. So, I mean, we'll probably end up seeing the starters maybe take a drive, maybe take almost like a preseason thing where they'll take a drive or two, and then you know everybody else will sit. But there are some teams that I'm pretty sure that they're going to sit their starters almost instantaneously and. Two of those, well, maybe one of those, happens in this game right now where we turn to the Tampa Bay Bandits. Can we finally just say that they're not a good team? Uh, can I just can I just say that finally? Yeah, I mean, they're just like the, uh, the benchmark team. The bad teams lose to them. The good teams beat them. Um, they're nothing more than that, it seems like. Now, at this point, they are not, as the New Orleans Breakers are a good team. Uh, six and three locked themselves into the playoffs with the win over the Bandits, seventeen to six, in a game that was just about as disconjoined as you can get. I mean, this game never felt like it was ever. Uh, it was entertaining, but boy, it had a lot of mistakes and a lot of just ridiculousness going on. Jordan Taamu in this game, 
22 of 39, 288, one touchdown. But Justin, again, two interceptions. The guy just can't get out of his way. He can post big yardage games. He can post big completion games. He can throw for touchdowns, but he always shoots himself in the foot by throwing the interceptions and really costing his team the game. Yeah, putting up the numbers only go so far. you got to win football games, and they've not done enough of that. Obviously, they're officially eliminated from the playoffs. And fantasy-wise, okay. I mean, you know, Jordan Tamu is going to get you some points fantasy-wise. So I guess if you're going to keep rolling Jordan Tamu out, then roll Jordan Tamu out. But those those interceptions, man, they really just, they, they kill you every time because they're negative points. And it's not something that you really want uh, out of your your quarterback. Uh, he had 20 fantasy points last week, nine the week before, nine the week uh, before that. So last week he got you a big fantasy game. So I guess for fantasy purposes, keep rolling out Tamu. But for real quarterback purposes, this guy probably won't be playing very much longer. Agreed. So uh, And then we talk about the big fantasy day. Most of that came on the ground. Nine carries, 86 yards. I've said it every single time that you cannot win football games and sustain winning football games if your quarterback is your leading rusher. Uh, But Tamu, once again, almost a 100-yard game on the ground himself. He had no support behind him. Jawan Washington, two carries, nine yards. B.J. Emmons, Justin, we talked about him early in the season being a breakout player. Well, he broke backwards is what he did. 13 (laughs) attempts for negative one yards. How do you carry the ball 13 times and lose a yard? Yeah, that's insane, especially because his long carry was eight. So that means he had 12 carries go backwards a lot and go backwards by a good number, too. It just felt like he was running into a brick wall and the brick wall kept just sending him backwards. And that's really what ended up happening. Uh, John Franklin got a carry for negative two yards. Vince Papali got a uh, carry for negative five yards even. So... Let this be let this be something to you, okay? Ta'amu rushed nine times for 86 yards. Between four other ball carriers, there was, uh, let's see, 15, 16, 17 carries for a yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not good. Then that's exactly why you can't win a football game. Uh, all right. Well, let's, let's just continue on because uh, <laughs> I don't even want to get anywhere near that. Although there was some good... Uh, receiving performances uh where we saw actually davis have himself a a fine game he had what was it not or six catches 112 yards and a touchdown probably one of the only highlights uh other than cheyenne's o'grady three catches 46 yards vince papali three catches 42 yards daquan hampton three catches 31 yards uh dylan three catches 29 yards willie's got a catch i mean again everybody got a catch here Jawan washington got a catch bj amon's got two um, but crazy to see Davis blow up for 112 yards and a touchdown in this game. Yeah, and this is honestly what I expected from him all season, and we just haven't seen it. And so we finally see him break out. Um, but you just have to think it's more of a, an anomaly right now because he has not been able to put up these kind of numbers all year. Yeah, I mean, Rashard Davis, if he's out there, um, it's it's crazy because somebody probably dropped him early in the season because we were saying that he was probably going to be a good receiver all season long. He had a couple of, of decent enough games, uh, but, you know, lately it's just been garbage. So probably, somebody probably dropped him. We'll talk about him in the after the break. But, yeah, Rashard Davis, big day for the Tampa Bay Bandits. But other than that, I mean, 
you're obviously not starting any running backs heading into the fantasy championship from these guys, and it's just uh, Jordan Thomas is probably the only guy that I'm trusting 100% uh, out of this. Uh, all right, <clears throat> let's talk about the breakers, where Kyle Sloter, 7 of 14 for an and an interception. He only had, <clears throat> drum roll please, 48 yards passing in this game. What a, I mean, how, my, uh, Justin, I don't get it. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, that injury's got to be playing effect. He was benched, and then Smith came in. Smith got hurt. Slaughter comes back in, but Slaughter said his knee was hurting so that he couldn't push off of it. Now, maybe that's what he's telling people because he's not putting up good numbers. I'm not sure. <laughs> but um, they're not going to make it far in the playoffs so, or make the championship if they can only put 99 yards up for with two quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, you talked about Zach Smith coming in in relief, 5 of 6 for 51 yards and a touchdown. More yards than in the starter, but, you know, it was, uh, I don't know. It, that's It's just weird. Anthony Jones, 11 carries, 59 yards. This is somebody we talked about being a breakout guy for the breakers. Uh, it was all right. He wasn't the greatest, 5.4 yards per carry, but it was just weird to see the run game almost completely ineffective as uh, Ellis came in 14 for, uh, carries for 45 yards in the touchdown. So Jordan Ellis... Not much better than than Jones in this this rush game. Yeah, looked like it was. I mean, it had overall 100 yards, but it just didn't look good. Yeah, and 229 yards total for passing and rushing. And you got to remember, the Bandits are not a good defense. I mean, that's not somebody we've seen and said, oh, they're a good defense. You've been able to put numbers up on them. So it was really disappointing to see the breakers fizzle and put up solo numbers. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And and what's even worse is that obviously we talk about when there's barely 90 yards of of passing, then obviously your receivers aren't having a good day. Sal Canella, the best out of all of them, and that was a tight end. Three catches, 34 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Johnny Adams, three catches, 26 yards. Uh, Ellis, Jordan Ellis, caught three for 20. Dixon, I mean, John Dixon, two catches, 14 yards. Uh, Sean Poindexter, just miserable day for him. One catch, five yards. Not a lot of love to go around with 99 passing yards. Nope, not at all. So, uh, Sal Canella, probably the only guy that I'm really trusting in my fantasy championship if I still have him. Uh, I'm pretty sure you don't have Adams in your lineup if you're a championship team because the last couple of weeks have been kind of miserable and it'd probably be hard to make it with a guy like Adams on your squad. But um, what do you do with Anthony Jones and, and uh, Jordan Ellis? Yeah, I don't know if you can afford to bench him at this point, but um, you definitely have to be cautious about it, and I wouldn't be as optimistic as we were, say, three, four weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, you were probably rolling with one of these guys. I mean, Jones had a, a couple of big weeks for you. Ellis had big weeks early on, so chances are you made it pretty far with them on your roster. So, um, yeah, I mean, you can't bench them. There's, there's really not too many folks out on the waiver wire that you can claim that are going to help you out. Agreed. So, especially at the running back position, it's just, it just doesn't feel like that's a very deep position as it is anyways now, uh, and it gets thinner as it goes on. All right. Yeah, for sure. Let's move on to Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. The battle of the Keystone State continues again as the Stars. What? I don't even know how they squeaked away with this one. 17-16 against the Maulers. 
<clears throat> I may put a pause on the clock because I just want to. I, I okay. I'm going to put a pause on the clock. Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to take about five seconds to just. I don't understand how Kirby Wilson is still a head coach in this league. I I got to tell you, as much as we've seen people come and people go in this league, how Kirby Wilson is still a head coach is beyond me. The man. The leadership skills on this guy are on display every single week. You yell at your players that they are doing dumb things when, in all honesty, you are not putting them in the right positions as it is anyways. You're playing quarterback roulette with two guys who you've given zero confidence to. You're screaming at folks for making mistakes when you don't even know what you're doing yourself. So, accountability check, man. Like, I, it boiled my blood to hear him scream at one of his players for really no reason whatsoever you know calling him stupid telling him he's doing dumb things like this is the case of you smacking your dog on the nose with a newspaper every five seconds when your dog has almost zero clue what it's doing wrong and can't really understand you so there's no teaching involved in his what he what he displays on a weekly basis so if that encapsulates why the Maulers are one and eight right now and why their players are playing like absolute garbage because you see it on their face every time not only they take the field or come off the field, they look defeated already. Doesn't matter what happens, you know? Something bad happens, you see them just kind of shrug it off and go, oh, whatever. So that that di- di- uh, directly reflects leadership, and it just, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I agree, and it's unfortunate because this was one of the most entertaining games of the week, but... They should have won it. There's no way they should have lost the game. Last week, you and I said, well, he has to go with Roland Rivers again, right? Because now that you've benched badly, you got to throw Rivers in there. And he continues to just carousel people. He doesn't let them make any mistakes at all. There's no leeway. And you have to. You have to let them make mistakes and learn from it. And if they make mistakes, you yell at them and pull them out of the game. They're not learning from it. And not even just make mistakes, but you've got to figure out why they're making the mistakes. Like that, you you know, I, I'm not sure that he's even watching film. He's just he gets mad and he yanks somebody, and then you know calls them stupid, tells them you can't make that mistake. Well, yeah, they can, and they are because you're not showing them otherwise. It's just ugh. <sighs> All right, <laughs> never mind. That's that's a that's a whole different podcast for a whole different day. Uh, we take a look at the stars side of this. Case Cookus, man, woo. You want to talk about getting rocked. 5 of 13, 62 yards, an interception. But, boy, he took some punishing blows from this Panthers defense. He did, yeah. It was a rough game for him. It was tough, and it was just tough to watch him because he was he was even saying, "What? why am I getting hit? Where? Who's blocking for me, guys? What's going on? Uh, and it just, yeah, it was a frustrating day for Case Cookus. Only 62 yards. KJ Costello comes in, completes four of his 10 passes for 69 yards, no touchdowns, but more importantly, no interceptions. It was just a, a nutty cuckoo day at quarterback for the uh, Philadelphia Stars, and one where I think we're going to talk about uh, the quarterback situation coming up. But yeah, I mean, you, you know, you're going to play the same team this week as you are in the playoffs. I don't think you're taking any chances with your starter. Yeah, definitely shouldn't anyways. No, no, no. Matt Colburn carries the ball 12 times for 97 yards and a touchdown. Great day for Colburn. Paul Terry gets in the end zone, carries the ball four times for five yards. Not a great day on the ground for Terry, but at least he got in the end zone. Uh, Maybe salvaging a fantasy day for you, but Colburn, the big recipient of the day 
for the running game. Uh, and, you know, it, it was a little slow to get going. And, you know, it, he finally did. Broke a 51-yarder, which helped his cause. But still, I mean, you know, Colburn's going to be a, a, a guy that I think you're going to lean on going into the, the fantasy championships. Yeah, that 51-yarder was a extremely interesting play. Um, and it was just, it was awesome to watch because he was just determined to get in the end zone. You could tell the way he zigged and cut across the field and just just got out of the grasp of the defenders. That was a fun one. I like the way he leaned on that one too. It looked like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying to, to think about how to contort my body in the way that he was still and still run forward. <laughs> like I, I thought to myself, this guy, I don't know. You know, I, I see video games where it's hard to do that. So, uh, my back hurts thinking about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't easy for him to do that, but uh, it was a good day for Colburn. Like I said, I think he'll still continue to get looks even this week uh, against the um, against the Generals, who they'll be playing in back to back weeks, which is crazy. Um, Jordan Sewell, three catches, forty seven yards. Uh, Bug Howard finally gets on the board, two catches, forty one yards. You can see his frustration, though. You know he wants more, for sure. Maurice Alexander, one catch, 32 yards. Colburn gets a catch for six. Uh, Devin Gray gets a catch for three yards. Chris Rowland, once the darling of this team, especially in week one, one catch, two yards. So, yeah, I mean, again, this is 131 yards passing, only nine completions. Not a lot of people catching passes. Yeah, like you said, there's not much that can be said about it when your quarterbacks don't have a good day. Yeah, and again, if you've been relying on anybody, uh, if you relied on Bug Howard, you may not be <laughs> in the fantasy championship this week. But if you have, uh, and you're probably scared, you are for good reason. I because again, with KJ Costello, and we'll talk about him later uh, coming in. I don't know how much better this offense is going to be. I don't think they're going to go for the win. I think they're just going to go to try to you know distract the generals from what their game plan is going to actually be in the playoffs. So. It's going to be an interesting situation for Philadelphia. But Pittsburgh, uh, I don't know what you're going to do with Pittsburgh. Vad Lee, 17 of 28, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, Roland Rivers, no completions on three attempts. Was this the game where he tried to come in and Kirby pulled him out right away? Or was that yep. last week? I don't that remember. Was it. That was this week? Yep. Yeah. So Roland Rivers was set to come in. Roland Rivers didn't get the full play, and so Kirby says, no, get out, and puts Vadley back in. I, I, I don't know. I don't get it. Like, literally, the, all he did was ask a question, and Kirby was like, no, get out, and stay out. And then he brings him in for three plays later. What's more impressive here is the kicker and the punter. Both get some completions. Uh, <laughs> we got the kicker who threw a touchdown pass on a trick play. Not only can he kick 61-yard field goals, but he could throw touchdown passes. Uh, Ahmed, one for one for 14 yards and a touchdown. Is there a quarterback controversy in Pittsburgh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next week the kicker's starting. Uh, <laughs> Both kickers yeah. are starting at quarterback. <laughs> Uh, if you yeah, if you get points, if you get points for your kickers uh, throwing touchdown passes, I, I actually didn't even check if if Ramiz yeah. Ahmed did. Did he? Yep, he did. <laughs> Max Duffy gets a point for a completion as well. Uh, the punts are on that fake punt, which was again beautifully designed. Where were those plays all season long? Yeah, why why wait until almost the last week to pull out these types of, of uh, plays? I I don't get that at all. 
because you're Kirby damn Wilson and you have no clue what you're doing. Uh, Garrett Gotta Gosh, be just trying to save his job. But I, he can't at this no, point. No, I, I agree. I would be I would be shocked. I would be absolutely shocked if he comes back for a second season as a head coach. Or, to be honest with you, hired as a head coach anywhere else to, you know. Yeah, he's a great running back coach. Go back to coaching running backs. Yep. It's just, you don't, when you got the keys to the whole car, you're crashing it, my friend. Uh, all right. 11 for 48. The numbers for Garrett Groshek, 4.4 yards per carry. Not bad, but still not what you expect out of a team that prides itself with a running back coach as a head coach. Madre London, nine carries, 34 yards. Vadley took off for eight for uh, four for 12, rather. So, again, not a lot to write home about in this running game. Once more, 20 carries uh, for just over, what, 80-some-odd yards in the in the rush game for both the running backs here? Yep. Yeah, and James Gober, he was signed, I think, two weeks ago, getting a little action, but couldn't move the ball any. Eight carries for 10 yards, 1.2 average. It was nice to see Groshek actually run the ball well, just didn't do enough of it. You know, only 11 carries. Um, and so, yeah, they, they ran the ball decent, just not enough to get the job done, obviously. I suppose it was good to see Groshek get the ball across the line of scrimmage for a change. <laughs> uh, that's that's what you're looking for. Uh, all right. And then, you know, we're starting to see this more and more now, which is weird, but whatever. Hunter Thedford, the leading tight end and the leading receiver on this squad. Three catches, 50 yards. Uh, but really, here's what I loved is that Jalen McCleskey, we haven't said, I don't think we've said his name all season long. Four catches, 46 yards. Uh, Trey Walker, two catches, 30 yards, and that uh, fantastic 28-yard touchdown. Um, and then Lynn catches two passes for 16 yards. Uh, Howard, one for 14. Hanny, your boy, two catches, 11 yards. Gilbert gets in there, two catches, nine yards. Uh, Hardaway, one catch, five yards. Madre got one for three. Seibert got three targets, but no catches. Yeah, just a, a rough day all around for everybody not named Thedford or Walker. My favorite stat was at one point, Henny had one catch for 10 yards and one lost tooth. <laughs> oh, man, that's right. <laughs> that dude was spitting out teeth, man. What a yep. catch. That The catch and the hit, man. And then and then to have him say, oh, I was already chipping out already. I'm good. I'm just spitting yeah. it out in pieces. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was a hell of a hit. I've never seen anybody lose teeth like that. Like the camera angles that you get from the USFL are unparalleled. No doubt, yeah. That was that was a hockey hit. That was a hockey hit, yeah. And it was clean, too. That was about the good part of it. So, yep. um, Well, we're not talking about McCleskey in the next segment, but I want to touch on him as Jalen McCleskey actually is somebody that I might uh, take a look at if he's out there because I doubt, in fact, he is out there in, in leagues. He had eight points last week. There could be somebody struggling on your roster that you could have, but... Five points uh, in week eight, eight points in week six. The trend is up. And if the Maulers are going to continue to play, uh, I guess, uh, quarterback roulette and McCleskey still gets looks, um, I I'm willing to take a chance on him. Yeah, I thought about throwing him on there to talk about, but I just couldn't bring myself to talk about a Pittsburgh Mauler. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. It's it's rough going out there for them, so I wouldn't... Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's hard for me to want to talk about anything other than the fact that, uh, yeah, <laughs> what I talked about already. 
Uh, all right, speaking of talking about stuff, we're going to come back from the break and talk about some folks that you want to start to win yourself a USFL Fantasy Championship. But first, let's talk about win. Make sure to get down on the win bets. Bet $50 to win $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. You want the ultimate fantasy football experience? All you got to do is bet $500 or more on sports or casino before July 31st and get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club. This includes a two-night stay at Win Resorts for you and your entire league. Enter multiple times. It is allowed, folks. You want to party with DJ Diesel? All you got to do is bet $100 on NBA or casino to get entered into a prize drawing to attend a DJ Diesel Shaq O'Neal, if you don't know already. Uh, he's going to perform at the Encore Beach Club at night, and you get to meet and greet DJ Diesel this summer. There's so much to choose from. All you got to do is download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play-through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Let's move on to Sleeper. It's the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already got a fantasy league or two or six or 12 like me because I know I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product. It's unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can even make money on Sleeper 2 by playing the new over-under game. It is super simple, and it's great for people like me who need stuff that's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like. Pick the over-under, for example, number of points in basketball, hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. And the main reason that I'm excited about this over-under game on Sleeper, this is the only app where I can join my buddy's contest so we can all play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks, because that's what I do, with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together, so stop what you're doing right now. Download the Sleeper app to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money on your mobile phone by joining our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP. Sleeper's going to automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join our squad. Get the 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Uh, gentlemen, Father's Day is right around the corner and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 includes the Signature Lawnmower 4.0, which is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. Best of all, it doesn't take any gas. That's right, you don't have to pay a dime in gas to run this lawnmower. That's right. It's no Jad Doke here. Treat him and yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod is going to thank you. But wait, there's more. Manscaped just launched their brand new Boxers 2.0 that are, dare I say, the best boxers ever. I did say that. We know all dads are going to love the comfort, and with summer just around the corner, the Boxer 2.0 are here to save every father from the uncomfortable heat. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the promo code SGP. Shake what your mama gave you. Nah, shake what your daddy gave you. 
We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplements. So, what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Special blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Every single one of these things costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than that cold brew habit of yours. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7 thousand five star reviews to make it easy you know i love easy athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com sgp again that's athleticgreens.com sgp to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance did you know the browsing online using incognito mode does not actually protect your privacy that's right Without added security, you may as well be giving away your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means that your private details, passwords, communication, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's literally that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on your speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. So whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you got to do, tap one button, you're instantly protected. You won't even know that it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, everything you buy. Take back your privacy today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com, use the promotional code SGP, claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. And of course, make sure to download that SGPN app. You can enter to win our free $250 US Open contest. Download that SGP in the App Store and hit the contest button. Back with more USFL Fantasy Football help. We want to win you a championship here on the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. Justin Mark joining me, Rod Gomez, And as we do every week, Justin, we're going to give some players to start and or sit in this USFL championship uh, scenario, which hopefully you're in. And if you are, congratulations, you survived a very rough season. Very rough. Uh, all right, let us load up the clock. You begin, uh, Justin, with somebody we talked about earlier, that quarterback for the Stars, KJ Costello. Yeah, so if you have a quarterback you don't think is going to start, maybe you were running with Sloter and you somehow squeaked by into the playoffs after his disappointing 1.4 points, um, you could do worse than KJ St- Costello. Now, I think, I don't, I don't know if Cookus is going to see much playing time at all. We already talked about, like, why would you roll him out there um, against the Generals who they play in the playoffs? And I don't know if they're going to run the ball just nonstop either. You know, you might think they just punt on the game, run the ball, but they can't afford to lose their running backs either. Dar- Darnell Holland has missed the past couple weeks because he's banged up. Paul Terry's just coming back from injury, and you can't afford for Matt Colburn to get hurt. So... I think Costello's going to be dropping back. He's going to be throwing passes. And um, right now, that that's that's might be what you need. You just need a quarterback who is going to be throwing the ball and slinging it. And he didn't look bad. 
you know, he, he wasn't great that first game, but he didn't look bad. So I, I think he's definitely somebody, if you are desperate at quarterback, um, worth looking at. Yeah, if you're desperate for quarterback, and again, we don't know. I mean, you got to obviously, like Justin said earlier, keep an eye on the uh, Sports Gambling Podcast website for the inactives and the injuries reports because this is going to be something that you're going to have to watch right up until the wire. I mean, I don't know that a lot of these teams that are in the playoffs especially gonna are going to announce stuff super early. They haven't done it all season long anyway, so why start now, really, to be honest with you? So keep an eye on those inactive reports because – uh, maybe, maybe they don't, uh, maybe the bandits don't roll out Jordan to Amu, uh, this week. Maybe they do want to actually see what they've got in some of the other, uh, the quarterbacks like Brady white, uh, you know, maybe they want to actually roll him out and see what they've got. They've got Gus Myers on the roster too. I mean, you know, who knows this may not this, they may say, okay, well, thanks Jordan for your service. We know what we have in you. We want to see what Brady white gives us. And, uh, and then you're out of a quarterback. Yeah, agreed. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. It's it's tricky because I don't think you can have the the finals any other week because it's such a shorter season. Um, but this is essentially rolling into the finals like NFL Week 17, and it's going to make some situations very tricky. Well, and what we said earlier too, where what makes this even more of it is that you have all the playoff spots locked in now. So there's a matter of of you knowing exactly where you're at. You know, if you're going home next week, after next week, then you're going home. If you're going to Canton after next week, you know you're going to Canton. No one, there's no questions out there as to where you're going to be in two weeks. So now this makes the decision making process all the more difficult for fantasy players, not for coaches. I'm sure they already know what they're going to do, but for us, we have zero clue because we can't just reach out to them and say, hey, coach, who's playing? For sure. Yeah. And, you know, whoever is starting, you got to imagine they're going to give their all because this is their last opportunity to show what they got and hopefully come back next year. Or catch an NFL scout's eyes with this last bit of tape. I mean, you got to yep. for, you can't forget, too, at this point, most of these guys' goal is to get back to the NFL. Until we make this a sustainable league to where they're not trying to get out, everybody's trying to get to the NFL. So, you know, sure. you know they want to put good stuff out on tape, especially this last week because this is the last chance they get, uh, especially if you're a one-in-eight team uh, a four or five team that's not going to go to Canton. This is it. This is your last audition for the NFL now, and, and you got to put it all out there for them. So Agreed. All right, let's move on to the Panthers and uh, Joe Walker, who we just talked about a little bit ago. I like this guy. I like what he brings to the team. This is a one and eight team, right, that, uh, that's that got nothing left to, to prove except every individual player. So you got to think Joe Walker is going to be uh, factoring into that mix come come next week or this coming week. Yeah, so we talked about how he had seven catches for 129 yards and two touchdowns, but um, which kind of seems out of nowhere. But when you're looking at his stats, yeah, last week he had zero points, four targets, zero catches. But before that, he had nine targets. And the week before that, eight. This is just the first game that those targets have amounted to so much. So it's not like, oh, he had this one-off game. He's been targeted pretty consistently the past four weeks. Um, and you got to expect they're going to keep targeting him. And, um, so yeah, I think if you, you know, you need a wide receiver, you think yours might not play because they made the playoffs. I definitely think Joe Walker is a, a great place to look. So he's 18th in terms of where he ranks in passing yardage, but he's 11th in terms of targets. So that makes your point almost exactly where, you know, he's, he's 
not really produced with his targets as much as he, you'd want him to, but they keep looking at him. I mean, he's he's one of the almost top 10 targeted receivers in the league, and that just goes for consistency's sake. And yeah, I mean, with the craziness that's been happening in the Panthers' quarterback situation between Paxton Lynch, between Love, between, you know, you name it, now Shea Patterson to start the season out with, yeah, it's just hard to do it with, with any consistency when you, you can't do it. But, yeah, I like Joe Walker. I've always liked what he brought to the table. I think, you know, maybe this this week is the week where he makes a, a firm case in trying to put some sort of something on tape. And who knows who's going to be starting a quarterback for him, though, to be honest with you. It, it could be it could be love again. Um, but if it is, yeah, go with you. I, I think it should still be love, to be honest with you. At this point, there's nothing left to lose. Yeah, agreed. And I don't think we've gotten to see enough of love. I think, you know, he needs just more reps, more time and opportunity to prove himself. And um, I think he can be a, a good, successful quarterback in this league. He just needs a little bit more time and more reps. Yeah, he's shown that he's flashes. You know, he's, he's got some good uh, good fundamentals at the very least. He can throw a deep ball. I, I, I used to watch him when he was with San Jose State because obviously I'm a Fresno State fan, so the the uh old whack right <laughs> now the mountain <laughs> west uh but yeah i mean you know love love really did take it to the to the bulldogs a couple of times so i'm not unfamiliar with his capabilities but you know eric barrier could start too and so i don't know but i think no matter who starts a quarterback i think walker does have some upside and and if you are trying to debate whether or not to start him for your fantasy championship I think you probably should roll with him. He, again, got nothing to lose. He's probably going to go all out and try to, to impress on film. And um, he's done it the last couple of weeks. He could probably do it again. For sure. All right, let's move on to Adrian Hardy, who had himself a day uh, for the Stallions. Uh, we haven't, like I said, talked about him very much this season. But here he is, week nine, making noise. And uh, you're expecting him to do so in week 10 as well, from what I understand. Yeah, so, um, you know, we don't know if Jamar is going to play or if he'll play that much. It probably depends on Alex Magoo's health, but we've seen Magoo have success as well if he ends up getting the start. And Adrian Hardy's caught two touchdown passes the last two weeks. So this is especially he becomes more relevant if they decide, hey, we don't want Bolden Jr. out there. We don't want our, our top guys, right, um, out there. Marlon Williams, Osiris Mitchell, whoever you want to name there, if they don't want to throw them out into the mix, Hardy's already getting targets in the the red zone. He's already had two touchdowns the last two weeks. So definitely think he's a, a great flex play. I, I don't know if I would throw him in my wide receiver one, wide receiver two. But if you need somebody on flex, um, you know, I think that you could do worse than him, especially with those those red zone looks. You know, a, a touchdown is enough to get you maybe what you need to win. Two targets, caught them both. Yeah, I mean, this isn't like wide receiver two material, but definitely a touchdown-dependent flex play. Uh, but the touchdowns have been there. So, you know, you can't really necessarily knock it. And, you know, you're you're locked in to the playoffs. Obviously, you know you're going. So no matter which quarterback plays, they're probably going to open up the – um, they're probably gonna open up the playbook and just let everybody go absolutely bonkers. And they're playing the bandits, so I mean that tells me that there's probably gonna be a lot of of yardage to be had uh, against these bandits because the bandits don't have anything to play for now. And you know, I, I just I think this whole week is gonna be an offensive week of just craziness. To be honest with you, for sure, agreed. 
because like I said, they're just going to be opening up playbooks and letting everybody uh, go bonkers. And, and, and you may see some crazy stats that you haven't seen out of some players before uh, heading into this week. Uh, but yeah, I like your Adrian Hardy play as a, as a touchdown dependent flex. Let's move on to those very bandits where Rashard Davis, uh, we talked about him earlier, had himself a, a pretty big day. And, you know, to be honest with you, this is more for me thinking that maybe Ta'amu might not necessarily be the quarterback. I know, like I said, he had six catches, uh, for 112 yards and a touchdown, Last week, the week before, he got you six fantasy points. This last week, he got you 21.2 fantasy points. So the numbers are trending up for Davis. He's actually starting to, to get a little traction. But, uh, you know, I, I think whatever quarterback is going to be in there is going to have to rely on the passing game because we just talked about Tamu being the leading rusher for the Bandits. And it's just, it's not sustainable. I keep saying it, but it's not sustainable. And they are playing the Stallions, uh, who are a tough defense as well. So you're going to need to throw the ball a lot. You'll probably even be down in this game, despite it being the last game of the season and neither one of these teams having to play for. So uh, Davis has shown again in the last couple of weeks that he could be counted on to be fantasy relevant. Uh, a lot like Hardy, Justin, I don't know that I'm going to uh, load him up as my wide receiver too, but I would definitely take a look at Rashard Davis, and I know you you had a problem trying to load him up too. Oh no, no, I'm sorry, that was a that was a mauler. Uh, but yeah, uh, I would definitely use Davis as a flex uh, if I'm if I'm going forward and if he's out there on the waiver wire. For sure, and and Todd Haley just seems like the type of coach that's going to go want to go out with a win. So I could see them um, putting together a good game plan and moving the ball well, and maybe even winning with the Stallions not having anything they need to play for. I don't know that, I mean, if the Stallions are the Stallions, they're going to want to come at them hardcore. I don't think you want to go into the playoffs losing two games in a row. I mean, I, granted, I get it that this game doesn't mean a whole lot in terms of where you're going and your positioning and your, and your you know, how you're going to enter the playoffs. But, you know, from a, from a mo, um, momentum standpoint, I don't think you want to lose momentum by losing a game. So I think Birmingham's still going to throw a lot at them, depending on whoever starts that game. But, you know, Tampa's going to cycle through a lot of different people, I think. And this is a game where Haley's probably going to want to get a lot of folks some film. And Davis has looked good so far. So maybe he wants to continue rewarding Davis with more time. Uh, again, I know on a couple of the leagues that we're, or that I'm in, uh, and well, I think we're in every league together. He's out there on the waiver wire. So you could probably snatch him up for your fantasy playoffs. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. If, if Tamu doesn't start... It might be a little hard-pressed to get there, but if Tomu does start, he can at least throw for yardages and, and at least a touchdown before he starts throwing interceptions. For sure. Agreed. Still don't like Tomu, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> Most overhyped quarterback of any league that I've, other than Johnny Manziel, uh, who has been overhyped in every league that he's ever been in, up to and including the fan-controlled football league, which he's still in right now. At least we didn't have to put up with Johnny Menzel all season. Thank you. You know, I didn't even put <laughs> two and two together, the simple fact that, yeah, we didn't have to put up with any Manzel talk of, will Manzel join the USFL? Will he not? <laughs> that was squash. No one ever brought up his name outside of, like, the circles in the beginning of it. That was yep. <laughs> yay for everybody. Uh, all right. I give you now, as the second name on my list, Tyler Palka. Uh, like I had said, coming out of, almost nowhere week seven he had 1.6 points 
Week eight, he had nothing, but week nine, he blew up for uh, 14.3 yards. Really, you know, just, just a guy that has so much potential, in my opinion, and showed that potential uh, going into the, the season, but never really got a chance to completely blow up because the quarterback situation was never the best for poor Talapalka. Um, he never got the experience of, of being with a guy that could um, really open the game up for him. So, But this week, again, we talked a lot about not really having a whole lot to play for, and the Gamblers are coming off of a pretty big win. Their, their hopes are high. Uh, Kenji Bahar looks to have solidified himself a little bit as the guy that's going to stick around. Um, 164 yards and a touchdown. Granted, 83 of that obviously was Tyler Palka. Uh, but, you know, this week they're going in. They're playing for pride. They're playing for film, like we said. And they're playing against the Breakers, who very easily could be playing for nothing at this point uh, other than just resting all of their guys so they don't get killed. So if if that's the case, and the, we've seen the Gamblers running game just absolutely implode over the last few weeks, then, you know, give me... The receiver, give me the hot receiver at this point, and that is Tyler Palka, uh, who who had a really good game last week, and they could probably end up going to him a lot more over the course of this game against New Orleans, who they're probably going to have to throw against anyways. So, um, yeah, Tyler Palka, if he's out there in your in your leagues, if if nobody has him, um, then or or if you've been waiting to to start him, I think this may be the week to start him. Again, I know he's out there in a couple of our leagues as well, so. Grab Tyler Palka and maybe load him up in a spot where uh, you you fear that a running back may sit or a receiver may sit. For sure, and he's got a really good understanding of the game all around because he's a quarterback and wide receiver in college. Um, so very athletic guy. And the first eight weeks, he averaged twelve percent of the target share, and then he got forty five percent this last week. So um, you got to expect they're going to keep looking his way. Proven to succeed when given the opportunity and I think that that's going to uh really bode well for him like I said in this last game where Kenji Bahar is probably just going to get let loose they know they can't run it they can't run it against New Orleans either because New Orleans is a tough run defense so yeah I mean load it up all right last and final player on my list is is a one that um I'm pretty sure when Justin saw it on the list he was like say what but it's Shea Patterson for the Breakers. Why do I bring up Shea Patterson? Well, because Shea Patterson is on the Breakers. We know that Kyle Sloter got absolutely crushed. Zach Smith came in, was almost ineffective as well. So if New Orleans is going to rest their starter, there's probably no better person to load up this week than Shea Patterson to continue uh, giving the New Orleans some positive offensive reps. Uh, their running backs need to get going again, right? Jordan Ellis, or I'm sorry, BJ Ellis, uh, no, it is Jordan Ellis. There's there's so many Ellis's and so many, yeah. <laughs> Jordan Ellis and Anthony Jones, both, uh, again, we talked about it in the in the recap, really not putting up fantastical numbers, but they both need to get things going. And I think Shea Patterson, this is the week to start him. This is the week why you grabbed Shea Patterson. Yeah, no, when I saw that, I really liked the, the angle on it because, so Smith and Sloter were both banged up, right? And they might continue to be banged up. So you have to know what you have in Shea Patterson, just in case you need to rely on him in the playoffs. So the breakers, I feel like they have to start him. And then if you look at Sloter slash Smith, cause they both kind of played over the past couple games. If you look at their numbers, they've not been that good. Um, 
they played the generals 155 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions played the Maulers 101 passing yards, zero touchdowns. They did have a good game against Michigan, but then they played Birmingham 251 yards and three interceptions. And then last week they combined for 99 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Those aren't numbers that are necessarily going to win you a playoff game. You have Shea Patterson who has starting experience I think that it makes absolute sense that they throw him in, they see what he can do, and see that if they have to rely on him in the playoffs, if they even can, you know, is this a guy that's going to run our offense efficiently? Um, and just get him familiar and comfortable with it. And I, I think that's a great play. How many teams are in this league, Justin? Ten. There's Eight. ten. There's. <laughs> I put him on the spot. I love it. Math is hard. Uh, How many teams are there? There's eight teams in this league, right? Eight Eight teams in this league. Currently, Shea Patterson, where do you think he sits in terms of rankings as far as yards thrown in this league? I'm going to guess fourth. He's seventh, but still (laughs) top eight, right? He is in the top eight in terms of yards yards thrown in this league. I I mean... (laughs) You're telling me that this guy is sitting as a backup? Uh, he's eighth in terms of touchdown passes. He's got four touchdown passes uh, behind Brian Scott with five. Uh, but even still, like, you know, the guy is is completing passes, throwing yards. It's just crazy to me that here we are talking about Shea Patterson. Uh, he's fifth on the list of attempts uh, at 161. He is... Sixth in terms of completions on 96. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a guy that's absolutely worthy enough to start in week 10 in a meaningless week. And I think if you're going to start a guy uh, in a week where you're resting your starters, start another starter. Yeah, agreed. So, yeah, if, you, if you're if you scared uh, of Tamu, if you're scared of, well, I mean, I say scared of Tom. I keep saying that, but like, if you're scared that uh, that maybe Jamar Smith sits, if you're scared that you know you aren't going to get the production out of Luis Perez, and or uh, well, you probably haven't been rolling with DeAndre Johnson. Uh, I give you Shea Patterson as maybe a a relief from that. Yep, for sure. I'd say uh, you know keep an eye on it, but if they activate him, I think their plan is to start him. I agree. I agree. Yeah, keep an eye on the activation as well. Uh, all right, Justin. This is it, man. This will be the last time we actually talk, start, sit for the season. This is all up to you guys now. You, you've made it this far. Hopefully, we've helped you get there, set those lineups, win that championship. Tweet us at SGP and Fantasy. Let us know how you did. Show us those winning rosters when you take home your first ever USFL Fantasy Championship. Uh, we definitely would love to celebrate with you as well. So, Justin... For one last time before we uh, do the wrap-up show, let everybody know where they can find all of your fantasy advice here uh, on the SGPN Network for the USFL. Certainly find me on Twitter at jmarkfootball or on the Sports Gambling Podcast website and app. That is correct. Find me on Twitter at Gomez. Find the SGPN Fantasy channel at SGPN Fantasy. Uh, Yes, continue to follow this feed as tomorrow Scott and Terrell will give you another fantastic Dynasty episode. Uh, We are back with uh, some more divisional fantasy previews on Thursday, and this train just keeps on chugging along. It's, It's been a fantastic season so far. Good luck in your championships, and we hope that you win one. 
And like I said, please share it with us so we can celebrate with you. But until next time, everybody, have some fun playing USFL football one last time and let it ride. <laughs>